Hello, and you're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. And right now, I got to tell you, the last time we were together, there were a lot of women who were looking to the program. And based on what I heard from some of the men, some of the women, and some of them didn't even know they were both talking to us out of the same car or household. (laughs) The wives were pointing at their husbands saying, you're that man. And you know what? Anytime we point at somebody, we don't realize there are three fingers pointing back at us. Well, were they saying you're that man, that you're that uh, that great guy that God is wanting you to be? Or were they saying, oh, you're not? Well, let's pray about this. Lord, thank you so much that you not only provide clear instructions for men, but you also provide clear instructions for women. And it's so easy for us to do just that, point our finger at the other person, wanting them to change instead of letting you work in our own life to change us. In your precious name, amen. Amen. You were saying last night that real men are to be respectable. Right. And when you are respectable, you're focused on doing what God has asked you to do. And notice, if you remember correctly, we said, don't focus on being respected, focus on being respectable. Being respected is looking at whether other people are looking at you the way you want to be seen. Being respectable is looking at your life from the viewpoint of, am I doing what God is asking me to do, whether people care about me or not or respect me or not? That's the issue. And what we unfortunately focus too much of the time on is that old style of relationship. As we keep talking about the old style of relationship is constantly focused on what I can get from people. Here's the subtlety that Satan is going to get you to get confused on. You decide that, yeah, I'm going to go be that respectable man. I'm going to be that respectable man. I'm going to walk out there and do what God wants me to do. And then we get focused on the people's response family is not respecting me. That is the subtlety that drives you right back into that old style of relationship. You're expecting something from them. That isn't the way to do the relationship. So my focus is in the wrong place? It's absolutely in the wrong place. Then why do I crave this respect? Why do I crave it? Why is it so important? Well, we crave it because of our sin nature is all about self. It's all about focusing on self. And that's the reason why you see the directive in God's word, especially like the great passage in Philippians chapter two, that is asking us to be like Christ, who wasn't focused on himself. He was focused on serving others. Don't have this this mindset of focusing on yourself. If you focus on yourself, let's bring up the favorite verse of mine, James 3.16, where envy and self-seeking exist confusion and every evil thing are there. That's the reason why we have this built-in desire to be respected as men, built-in desire to be significant. All of those things are built into us. And the only way that they're going to be completely fulfilled is through operating in Jesus Christ, his life through us. We're never going to be have it completely fulfilled through other people. It's not going to happen. Okay. Well, I know that one of the reasons that we ask people to practice a celibate lifestyle outside of marriage is that we don't want to get sex and love confused. Right. Now you're telling me I'm getting respect and love confused. That can be the case. I wouldn't say it's necessarily often the case, but love is always, love is always an outward situation 
towards somebody else. It's a decision that you make to pursue the best for somebody else, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Respect is something that we want from somebody else. You might want love from somebody else. Yes, that's true. But I can either respect somebody that's not respectable. I can actually love somebody that's not lovable, right? Those are decisions that I can make. I can do those type of things. Our issue for our relationship, though, is to simply focus on, am I willing to pursue the best for somebody else? Now, going back to this conversation that we were talking about with men and women, the issue for men and women is Yes, men, you do have a lot of things God is asking you to be, to be a real man. But real men are rare, and real women are rare also. In the same passage, Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, you're going to see that verses 3 through 5 talk about women. But before we get there and mention the passage, let's talk about some of the things as it relates to how the world is causing real women to be rare because the world promotes powerful women. The world promotes women that seek to be powerful in either powerful and sexy or powerful, not sexy. Xena works for me, warrior princess. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's the way that typically the world is promoting at least one powerful way to be a powerful woman. They promote power and sex at the same time. Some of the women want power, but not to have the sexy. That would be those very strident feminists, for the most part, that are actually having a right attitude toward not using sex as power, but they're trying to be powerful in a non-feminine way some much of the time. Okay, this could be totally wrong, but I'm just asking based on what I see in the media. I know that men will give relationships to get sex. Women, right. women will give sex to get relationship. Do women also give sex to obtain power? Really would not be able to tell you that. I don't have any research to know that. My speculation, it could give you a sense of being powerful. Certainly it could. That would fit into those two categories, powerful and sexy, or powerful, not sexy. The core, obviously, is that the men and women that follow God's word are rare. And women that are focused on an inward beauty, not an outward beauty. For instance, outward beauty is very pleasing. I love a beautiful woman. That's just, that's one of the gracious things God has done for mankind, creating beautiful women. At the same time, inward beauty is the more important thing. Now think about these words. Inward beauty is precious. Outward beauty is pleasing. Now, at the same time, the way that God talks about it in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says that this inward beauty is incorruptible. And we certainly know that the outward beauty is not incorruptible. It is going to be going away. Internal beauty can increase. External beauty will always fade. It will always decrease. And that is one of the difficult things that any woman is going to be struggling with. They may be beautiful as they are young. As they grow older, they will have a tendency to be thinking, oh, it's not lasting. If they don't have that inward beauty to rely on this precious thing that God is asking of a woman to have that inward beauty, that's a critical difference. Inward beauty adds to external beauty, by the way. 
Uh, I've seen that in my life as I as I've studied this and worked on it. I look at my own mind as I look at women. And it's interesting to see that I see beauty where the external beauty is not showing so much of the time. And it's very interesting to see how a woman can become more beautiful as her actions start demonstrating God's word. From the inside out. Absolutely. But I'm realizing something in listening to all of this that I didn't expect to kind of bubble up. I am not spending enough time in God's word. Mm. Because I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm listening to what you're saying to me, knowing that it's true, mm-hmm. knowing that it's true, it's resonating. Mm-hmm. It's absolute truth what you're saying, but I'm hearing it in varying degrees. Right. And that's very true of all of us. What you're stating there is absolutely crucial because if you aren't in God's word, you won't have sound thinking. You won't have clear thinking. You won't have sober mindedness. Those are some of the critical things God is asking of us, both women and men here in Titus chapter two. So wherever we are, bless God, the journey gets to begin somewhere. And we know where that destination is. And we are glad to be walking that with you. Thank you. Greatrelationships.com. GR numeral eight relationships.com is the website. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Here are two great quotes for great relationships by Dr. Marlon Howe. Men and women are equal in value, different in design and role. And... He who has the most invested loses the power. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world-class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down, www.gsot.edu, gsot.edu. Or call 877-476-8674, 877-476-8674. Now get going, now. Hello and welcome back to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Really no fooling, we're trying. (laughs) Herman, you've told me before that real men are wimps, walking in power and mercy, 
Selfless. If you knew how to spell, walk in mercy and power selflessly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, real women are rare, and we don't mean just few in number. Yeah, there's no doubt that real women are rare also, just like real men are rare. The world is not going to, as we talked about in the previous program, respect a real man, because the world is going to respect a man that has all of the external type of things. They have the power, the money, the clothes, all this other stuff. That isn't what God is saying is respectable. But yet it's equally dangerous to women. It's equally dangerous to women because what is it that the woman is valued for or respected? Her external beauty, her figure, those type of things. It's all the external stuff. Does she wear the right clothes? Does she have the right type of contacts and those type of things? But while my Bible tells me that's pleasing, it says something else is precious. Oh, without a doubt. When you look at 1 Peter chapter 3, you'll see that God holds something else in very, very high esteem. He calls it precious in his sight. He calls it an incorruptible beauty. And what is this thing? This thing is a gentle and quiet spirit. And you can know if you have it, if you are doing what God has stated, two components that you're going to see right there in that that chapter. I know already there's a lot of people trying to hear what you're not saying. So help me understand what are you saying? What's going on here is the beauty that a woman that God is saying is precious in his sight is a gentle and quiet spirit. It doesn't mean that you can't be fun loving and all this other stuff, but it's inside. You can know if you have a gentle and quiet spirit, if you're willing to trust God, that's the key component that you're going to see. And we'll cover that in, in, in a later show to be able to talk about that in more detail. But this real woman that's rare is focused on this internal beauty, not the external beauty, because the external beauty is what the world focuses on. And as we have said before, I love the picture that Dr. Marlon Howe uh, used to use in his Hope for the Family series. He said, if you want the world's definition of what a real man is or what masculinity is and femininity is, you look at the Dallas Cowboys football game. You look at the real men. They're on the field. You know, they're playing the game and the real women are these sexy cheerleaders on the side. That's the definition of the way that the world looks at it. That is not the way God looks at it. Okay, so what happens to the hundreds of thousands of people in the stand? They're not them. That's And they're wishing they were in some form. They, they come because it's a vicarious experience. It shows us how we deal with all this stuff. Yes, there is a lot of fun just in the games, but too many people are actually experiencing their so-called manhood and womanhood through some of these strange ways that we do life. So it, going back to how the world is hurting women, the world is promoting these powerful women, powerful and sexy or powerful, not sexy. They're focused on external things rather than internal things. And the world is hurting women in so many ways. The way that the world is working is actually reinforcing the judgments on women. The world is asking for women. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Or you can go to the website and cheat. You can, you can. go there. Go, go, to, go to the website, uh, see Chapter 4, and you can get all the information that you need on the uh, judgments, the unknown judgment on women and the unknown judgment on men. That's exactly right. Okay, but going back. 
So the issue is that the way the world is asking for women to be powerful is actually reinforcing the judgment on women because that is the whole mindset of what that judgment wants to do is to create a woman that's more controlling and more manipulative, more domineering almost, if you want to think of it that way. And not only is the world promoting and reinforcing the judgment, but the powerful woman mindset is actually promoting irresponsible men. This idea of the feminist movement is in so many ways creating an additional atmosphere for men to be even more irresponsible. For instance, in the in the book that I'm trying to write, <laughs> there's there a fake conversation that I have here. Let me just read it to you. Here's the man. The man says, did you just say that you want to have a sexual relationship without any long-term commitment? And the woman says, that's right, because I'm a liberated woman. Hear me roar. Well, the man says, well, mm, okay, it sounds great to me, but what's the catch? And the woman says, there is no catch. And the man says, when can we start? <laughs> just <laughs> prom- you know just promoting this irresponsible attitude. When I hear you say that, it's not true, but then I think about it. I can dial through my television any night of the week at prime time, and that's exactly what I see. It's going to be promoted in that exact way. That's exactly right. It's going to be promoted that way, and it's going to be promoted from the viewpoint of a focus on trying to save animals but not save the babies that are getting aborted and all this other stuff. It's a sad life that uh, the world is promoting all of this, and we don't have to go there because our wonderful God that we have that is constantly pursuing our best is given us specific, clear instructions on what is lasting and what is the right focus to have so that you as a woman can be a rare woman. And if you're a man, you can be a rare man by focusing, focusing on what God has asked you to do. But Herman, the voices that speak into my life are very few and far between that say that. And devoid of good and godly parents or friends or a church fellowship, I turn on the TV and I think that's what I'm supposed to get. And what's scary to me is this is what we're exporting to the rest of the world. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be exported because every person in the world has a sin nature that is already is already focused on those things. That's what's so amazing. But the United States and obviously much of Western culture is certainly exporting that type of mindset. There's no doubt about it, exporting this and making it even worse. So then what happened to I am to cherish someone? Well, unfortunately, you're only going to hear that from God's word. You're only going to hear that supported, uh, that idea supported from people that have the principles of God's word. That is not something that that uh, individuals are going to do in and of themselves because the sin nature is wanting to get things rather than give things. The sin nature only wants to give if it can get. That's the old style of relationship that we keep talking about. The new style is for me to be doing what I am supposed to be doing, whether you're doing it or not. But I'm anchored in the past, Herman. I have been hurt by quote unquote religious people. So I'm angry at God. How do I get there from here? If you're angry at God, you are in a very tough place because you don't have another who said so to go to to find your answers. You're going to end up finding your answers from something that is going to be not probably workable long term. God is the only one that has long term answers. Lots of people have copied what God has 
put in place and it can work for a time. But if it's not what God says to the degree that God says it, it's not going to work for the long haul. So if a person is mad at God, they're in a very difficult place. The only other place they have to go is to trust in something that's not God. Back to our fundamental choice in life, right? I'm either going to trust God or going to trust something other than God, because you're going to end up serving yourself rather than serving others. If you're a woman, you're going to be focused on position and power rather than role and belonging. If you're a woman, you're going to be manipulating and dominating rather than submitting and respecting. If you're a woman, you're going to be focused on career and self-esteem rather than mentoring and teaching. There's all sorts of things that you're going to be focused incorrectly on, and it's all a focus on me when you do the world's way, whether you're a man or a woman. And that's, again, why a real woman is rare. A real woman is going to be focused on serving others, not serving themselves. How do, is it so easy for me to commit to something that's so short-sighted rather than something that's eternal? It's because of our sin nature again. We just miss the fact that the power of the sin nature is something that we grant. It actually is not powerful in believers, but we grant it power because our sin nature died with Jesus on the cross. We have the ability to live life differently. We can choose to live that life of Jesus Christ and him through us. Not what fix what's broken with the old one, but start living something new. Same way Jesus did for us, gave us a new life. We can have new relationships. Well, there you have it. You don't have to wait to hear us or the next time we're on your radio. You can join us on our website and you can dig deep as much as you can digest at a time at greatrelationships.com. That's GR numeral eight relationships.com. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 797. Here are two great quotes for great relationships by Dr. Marlon Howe. Men and women are equal in value, different in design and role. And he who has the most invested loses the power. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.
glad you're back. We are great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Herman will tell you it takes right thinking for right relationships right now. And that's when you can have them right now. But Herman, before the break, everything you said was kind of like, yeah, okay, I can agree with that. I'm kind of nominally involved. How do I make it tangible? It becomes extremely tangible when you look at the passage that the Lord has provided to us here in Titus chapter 2. But before we get there, let me just state another very simple way that you can make it tangible. All you need to do is look at your life, whether you're a man or a woman, and all you need to do is ask one simple question. Am I serving more than being served? Am I serving and expecting something in return? more than serving and not expecting anything in return. Does that make it tangible enough? I hopefully would, but too many of our minds go, well, that's just not acceptable. You know, that's just not right. I should be able to do what's right and get some reward for it. It can be tangible right now, but it'll be extremely tangible once you read what God is saying to us. But before we get there, let me give you the little acronym. We, we gave you an acronym for men, that real men are wimps, right? That they walk in mercy and power selflessly. We, uh, again, we're, we're playing on that from the opposite, from the contrast. We're saying real women are tough. They are tender, open-hearted, ultimate, godlike helpers. That's what we're asking for a real woman to do. And notice, if you focus on both of those acronyms, they take you back to the design of men and women. A real man actually is to be more powerful, a real woman is to be more relational. In spite of the fact that a real man is merciful and powerful, he is to be focused on his real strength of power. So a woman is to be ultimate godlike helper. Wow, that, that raises it up there way high if you want to be thinking about it from that viewpoint. So in Titus chapter 2, let me read the passage to you to help you see some very tangible things that a woman is to be focused on. Titus chapter 2, verse 1, and then 3 through 5. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that what? That the word of God may not be blasphemed. Wow. When you think about it from that viewpoint, it takes on a whole different meaning. Remember we talked about in verse one, it talks about sound doctrine. This, again, is sound doctrine, that if a woman does these things, she is not blaspheming the word of God. And the opposite is also implied. If she's not doing these things, she's blaspheming the word of God, saying the word of God is not right. My actions are what's right. The word of God is wrong. And that is a very, very strong statement that God is saying, no, do these things that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Well, Herman, I looped in on a couple of words like homemaker and stuff right. like that. That doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. We don't live like that. Good, good for you, because that's exactly right. There are so many statements in here that are so counter society right now. I mean, just reading this passage on air probably is raising some anger out of 
of some people just listening to it, just listening to the word. Actually, this is what a real woman is. A real woman is going to be an older woman and a younger woman. The older woman, the way that we have it defined here, you have two sets of threes. The older woman is focused on behavior, reverent in her behavior, self-control, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teaching teachers of young women. So behavior, self-control, and teaching is what a woman that is older is to be focused on, whereas a young woman needs to be focused on three things, loving, virtuous, and submissive. Loving, love their husbands, love their children. Virtuous, discreet, chaste, good. And finally, submissive, homemakers and obedient to the husband. And we'll cover all of those in future shows, but how much more tangible can I make it? This is God's word saying, look, Here's how simple it is. Here are the keys to being a real woman. The keys that I'm asking you to take on and consider that if you don't do these things, you're actually blaspheming my very word. Please don't do that. I'm inviting you to something that's new and different, to be this rare, real woman in a society that needs real women to be examples to this world. You make me think we were talking in Bible study last night, and you went to Hebrews 11, a verse in the back. Because we were saying to live in this way almost makes us contemporary martyrs. And you said something about those who are without name. Yeah. When you look in the latter part of Hebrews chapter 11, I always forget the verses, probably down like about verse 40 or so. You see all of the issues related to the people of great faith. And then you get the ones that were sawn in two, the ones that were martyred, don't have a name. And it says, and the world wasn't worthy of them. Wow. That's what we have a chance as real men and real women to be, the world not worthy of us because we are doing what God asks of us. Wow, what a statement to make. Mm -hmm. Am I living a life that the world is not worthy? And alone in my prayer closet before God, can I say, am I loving? Am I pursuing another's best patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally? Great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow. I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.